Go ahead and grab out your Bible and something to take some notes with as we study God's word today. Kind of set us on where we are right now. Today is another standalone message uh, for us because we have Mother's Day next week and we'll kick off the series the week after that. Uh, And so today, just another standalone. And that is just kind of pulling from a survey we did last year where we gave you out a bunch of paper, kind of like what you have now. And we said, hey, give us some topics that you want to know what the Bible has to say about this. Not that like we ran out of things to talk about, but I wanted us to have series and things built around things that were relevant to you, struggles that maybe you walk through. And so we kind of geared our standalone messages this year to those things. Now, some of the series we do are built around those questions like emotions or evangelism. We've kind of geared the whole series around it. But some of the topics we can knock out in one Sunday. Come on, I just feel like we can address just in one sitting together. Not that we address every question of it, but that we can at least get us on the right path. And then we'll address those in the series as we go the rest of the year. So if that's confusing... I did my best, everybody. All right, I tried to try to get you other things. So last Sunday we looked at what do I do when I have questions? What do I do when I have doubts? What do I do in those? And you can check that out online uh, or in the Victory Harvest Church app. You can go back and watch that message. Today's question, though, honestly, uh, has shown up on the survey in some form or another every year that we've done it. Uh, this has come. And so if I were to consolidate all of those into a question, if I was going to say, OK, what is the ones asked this year? What were the ones that how do I make this into one question? What it would be is kind of like this. How should the church respond when culture is the way that it is? It's quiet in this church. All right. I just say, how should the church respond when culture has become what it has become? Or what do we as followers of Jesus do when we see our community or our country or our culture or the times that we live in? What do we do as followers of Jesus when we see the people around us embracing certain things, encouraging certain things, celebrating certain things? What do we do when culture is worse than it has ever been? And I'm just asking it like a card was written. What do we do when things around us seem as dark as they've ever been? Because we all read the websites. We all watch the news. And so for many of us, it's grown into like a daily obsession. Like we are, we are constantly trying to gauge and see how dark can it become? How bad can it be? How would a daily sinking into despair or hopelessness when every day feels like a giant step in the wrong direction? What does the church do in those moments? How should we respond as followers of Jesus? And I think it's important for us in this moment in time to handle ourselves appropriately. And so I was actually studying this verse for the upcoming series that we're about to kick off after Mother's Day. And so I want to minister a little bit or I want to minister out of this verse today. First verse for us today, 2 Timothy, watch this, chapter 1. And it says, for God has not given us, what, a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And you have probably, if you've been around church any sort of time, or you've ever had a Christian talk to you in a dark moment, you have probably heard this verse. You have probably said it to somebody, just kind of tongue in cheek. You have probably had it said to you. You have probably, parents, you have probably said this to your kids a hundred times, right? Because like, yes, yes, I want to go to sleep. And no, there is not a monster in your closet. And so you have not been given a spirit of fear, right? Let's just go all to sleep. Or some parents, you have thought like, right, a monster is about to appear right here if you get out of that bed one more time. So you <laughs> just go ahead and second to me. So we have said this verse, we have done, and I want to minister out of this verse, this idea, because the reality is there is a spirit of fear that if we let it set into our lives, if we let it get its grip on us, if we let it really sink in and call the shots, if we're not careful, it will control every part of our life. 
If we're not careful, we will let a spirit of fear. When people get afraid, that is one thing. But when they allow the spirit of fear to sink into their hearts, it begins to control their actions. And we do a lot of stupid stuff, everybody. We make a lot of really dumb behavior and life changes based on the fear we've let sink in. And it's important, I think, to be wise and understand that God has not given us that. That all the fear and the craziness and the chaos is on behalf of our sin and messed up people and the devil at work in the world around us. All of that, that is not the spirit that God has given us. It's important that we identify it so we can respond appropriately. So I want to talk a few minutes about what fear does when it settles into our lives so we can recognize it. What fear does when we let a spirit of fear call the shots in our lives, we can recognize that. And then at the end of this, I want to talk about some very practical things we can do, actionable things, I think, right out of this verse in the coming days and weeks, so that we can not only not live in fear, but be a light to the community and the world around us. All right, Mark chapter 4 today. So we're going to be studying out of a story in Mark 4. It's about Jesus and his disciples. This great story about them. And I picked this one because something happens to the disciples in Mark 4 that they didn't expect. Now, sometimes things happen to these disciples that Jesus warns them about. And they're on their own for that. All right. We don't. They're just that's something that's just a whole nother. But this is one that shows up that they probably should not have been expecting. And honestly, Jesus doesn't warn them in other in. I would almost go as far as to venture. Jesus almost not misleads them, but he almost just kind of glosses over and just you'll see some of the things he said. We're going to study this where it almost feels like they had no idea what is about to happen. And they find themselves in danger. And it's honestly a lot like some of the situations we find ourselves in today. We pick up the story. Verse 35. It says, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. And so they took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. And I want to pause right there because sometimes we would just gloss right over this. We would read over that sentence and just kind of continue in the rest. But I just want to bring up just a moment for you, just a, a idea that when you get in the midst of a storm, when you get in the midst of a, a trial or a test, who you have in the boat determines whether or not you sink or swim. When you get out in the midst of a trial, who you have in the boat. And today, I wonder how many of us have the crowd in the boat and Jesus on the shore. I wonder how many of us have decided I have the, I'm going to keep the crowd in my boat and we have the wrong group in the boat with us. Because whenever you set out to do anything great for God, whenever you set out to do the things God has put into your life, there will always be opposition. There will always be storms. When you set out to do anything for God, there will always be distractions or discouragement or criticism or people who oppose you. Always going to be a storm. Nothing God has called us to will be easy. And I'm a little bit too worried that a whole lot of us here in America have the crowd in the boat and Jesus on the shore. Because if you all you have pumping into your life 24-7 is CNN or Fox News. It's that all that's pumping into your little brain every single week. If all you are reading is Reddit or, or Facebook or a post that you see on Instagram, if that's the only thing that is influencing you, if all you're watching is a YouTube influencer or a TikTok, if that's the only thing speaking into your life, when you get into a storm, you are going to be in a world of trouble. And so my only question for you then is who's in the boat? Who do you have in your boat? Who is speaking and influencing your life? Who is, how are you allowing 24-7 to speak words of influence, to shape your worldview, to speak words of life or death over you? Who's in the boat? 
Who do you have in the boat? Who are you listening to? It matters because verse 37, we find what we all find happens to these disciples. A fierce storm comes and high waves breaking into the boat and it begins to fill with water. That will always happen. When you are trying to do anything of significance in life. And I love this. Verse 30. I love what happens. It says, but Jesus was sleeping. Come on, somebody. They're out there dying. They're in the storm. But Jesus was sleeping. Some of you, if you are a Christian, this is like your worst fear right here. Like this is your greatest fear of all. Some of you are like, this is my life. I am in trouble. And Jesus is sleeping Like, I am in trouble and God is asleep. I am in like a financial storm or I am in a relationship storm or I am in like a sickness or a health storm or I am like, I'm like in an extended family over there storm. Like I am in, I am in a storm and Jesus is asleep. Like I've been praying like crazy. I'm just, I'm just praying and lifting up prayers and I'm just trying to, you know, bail out my boat with a bucket and it just feels like I'm getting nothing back from heaven. I'm not hearing anything and I am praying. And hear me, by the way, when you feel like that, this is just free for you today, right? When you feel like that, just remember this. You are not the first person to feel that way. The disciples, the people Jesus was closest to and loved the most. They're like six feet away from Jesus in the flesh and like bailing out the boat. And they feel like that. It's not the first time you actually, so six feet away and he's actually sleeping. And then watch, I love the details it gives us. So he's sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Now, why do they have to write about the cushion? Come on, somebody. Like, I just, I enjoy that they give these little, little details. He's not just sleeping, right? He's got like, Jesus got his little travel pillow. He's like blown up, right? And put around his neck. And he's like just out. He's just completely asleep. Like Jesus is just chilling in the back. He's got his bows, noise canceling, right? He's got his, or AirPods or whatever your flavor is. He's just like, he's done. He's like listening to some worship music, shout to the Lord. He's having a great time. Jesus is asleep at the back of the boat. Disciples are freaking out. They're like losing their minds, right? He's just done. And so they wake him up shouting. Disciples woke him shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? Some of you have prayed prayers like that. You won't admit it in church, but some of you have prayed a prayer like that. Jesus, don't you, don't you even care that we're going to drown? And so Jesus kind of wakes up. He rebukes the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm and like everything just gets peaceful a moment. You can imagine the disciples and then Jesus turns around and looks at them. Watch this. Enjoy this. Then he asked them. Why are you afraid? Do you still have... He's like, what's the matter with y'all? Like, what is, what is wrong with the... Why are you still afraid? Do you still have no faith? Verse 41, and I love this part. The disciples were absolutely terrified now, right? They are, they're like, like, they were scared before. They are absolutely, they're bug-eyed now watching this thing. And they say, who is this man? Who is this Hans? They begin to ask, who is this man? They asked each other that even the winds and the waves obey him. And I want you to notice this because throughout this story, they takes their focus from something, takes their focus from the what and the what is happening and where they feel they are in life. And it puts their focus on the who it takes their focus from the storm that is threatening to destroy them and puts their focus on the one who can control the storm. And there's a few things that I want to see before we get to that culmination that happens in their lives that I think honestly happen in our lives when we go through storms. A few things that happen when fear sets in, when we let a spirit of fear call the shots. 
A few things happen to us when we embrace that. And I want you to see them. First thing, jot it down if you're taking notes, is it pollutes our thoughts. Fear pollutes our thoughts. If you've ever interacted with somebody who is fearful or in that place, if you've ever been yourself in a spirit of fear, you understand that the first thing it attacks is the thoughts that you are thinking. That it pollutes them. You think crazy things when you are afraid. It's why in August around here in South Louisiana, anytime one of our beautiful weathermen decide that they see like wind and a drizzle of rain like a thousand miles away in the Gulf, we all lose our minds. Come on, somebody. Like it's just... It's just a habit for us by now. It's just a fun thing that we do in August. As soon as they see like the glimmer of a palm tree going left and right, some island out there in the Gulf, we all go bananas and we start buying everything. We start filling Oak Point bags with gasoline and diesel. Come on, somebody. Like we just start, start buying up all the tuna fish, start hoarding toilet paper like it's 2020. Come on, somebody. Like we just, we lose our minds around here because fear makes, pollutes your thoughts. We start to think crazy things when we are afraid. We start to get upside down in our thinking. Pollutes our thoughts. And so this is what the disciples said to Jesus. You don't care. Teacher, you don't care. I don't. And we start to. I don't think God cares about me. I don't think God can protect me. We think crazy things and get our thoughts sideways. Second thing that happens very connected to the first is then it pollutes and poisons our words. So it pollutes our thoughts and then it begins to poison the things that we say. Because the Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. And I just want us to wake up to the words that we are speaking. Because when we ask this question about what do we do and what should our response be when culture seems bleak? And what should our response be when this particular thing is celebrated and we feel like this? What should our response be? I would say let's go back and check ourselves. See what's polluting our thoughts and see what's poisoning the words that we say. Because yes, culture and the world around us look bleak. Yes, there is a fight for the souls of this generation. But if you're not careful, you will start speaking death over your family and the world around you. If you don't watch the words that you say when we should be speaking blessings. When we should be thanking God for opportunities to be a light in a crooked and dark generation. When we should be thanking God for opportunities to be his church. Let's not poison our world and our relationships with the wrong words. Let's be careful about what we say. Because remember, the disciples, they're crying out, teacher, you don't care that we are going to drown. They didn't say, teacher, we feel like you are a little bit distant right now. We feel like you are just, you're just so far away and we just feel like they, they didn't say like, you, they said, you don't care. They didn't say like, we feel like our lives are at risk. They're like, we are all going down. Like this is, this is it. We are going to die on the water and you don't care that we are going to die. They probably thought like, you're just going to float on out of here. We are all in trouble and you're somehow you're going to survive. Like, they're probably thinking like somehow you're going to magically levitate off of this water and leave us all here to die. You're going to be OK. But they were convinced we are going to drown and we do the same thing. Jot it down, because when you are in a place of fear, you begin to take emotions and turn them into facts. And that is a very scary place to be, everybody. It's a dangerous place to find yourself. The disciples weren't going to drown. They weren't even close to drowning. They had the Son of God in their boat. And yet they are crying out, Teacher, you don't care. We're all going down. But in their minds, that was their reality. And so they spoke it. You be careful about the words that you speak. And then what it does, if we allow the spirit of fear to continue, not only it pollutes our thoughts and it, it poisons our words, but then it paralyzes our future. It will paralyze. Listen to me, church. This is not the end. I'm not belittling the battles that we fight. I'm not saying that the war and culture isn't real. But every generation of people who have followed Jesus have come to the realization this thing didn't start with me. It's not going to end with me. All I have to do is be 
faithful with the gospel that's been entrusted to me. That is what we have been called to. That in this moment, in this, we carry the cross for the time that we have been called to carry it. That this thing is not about us. And so we have to watch the words that we are saying. We have to watch the thoughts that we are thinking. And we have to be careful that we don't let fear paralyze the future God has called us to have. I had a couple conversations this week about what the defining battle of the church should be in this time, in this place. About what it is that we are battling, what it is we should do. And listen to me, God is not up in heaven confused about what is going on. God is not up in heaven like confused, like I just, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe it went like this. I'm going to have to get with some people and get back to you about it. That's not how God is reacting to all of this. No, God knows the time and the place. He saw the beginning from the end and he saw the end from the beginning. And he chose us to live at this time. To be his light to the people around us. Listen to us. He could have chosen anybody he wanted in history to live at this moment. And for some reason that I still can't figure out, he chose us. And the only thing we need to be afraid of is missing the opportunity that God has given us to be a light to our generation. The only thing we need to fear is missing the opportunity he has given us to carry the gospel to the culture and the environment and the time in history he has placed us in. That God has called us to be a light. He's not confused about your life or about the calling he has for you. Listen, the Bible says God knows his plans. God knows what he is doing. God knows what he is about. You have a future on the other side of this storm. But so many people get paralyzed and make incredibly damaging decisions while we're in crisis. Because fear has a way of paralyzing. You all know that, right? Like when you get scared, you just get paralyzed. Anybody understand? You know that's the truth. Anybody ever been scared by somebody else? Anybody just ever been? Anybody have like a sibling or a friend who just delights in scaring you? Come on. I am that sibling or friend. Come on, somebody. I just have that. But honestly, I have been, it happened to me this week. I got, we were back in the academy. I was back on Thursday night trying to do something, prepping for this message. Uh, and one of the girls back there was hiding, trying to scare Brendan, trying to scare her, And she got me instead. Come on, somebody. She got me. Like, I just, I just, I just I, I'm too old for this. I'm just too old to, to have my heart stop for six seconds. I'm just, it's just bad. It's bad for me. And then yesterday I'm prepping for this message and it's like pouring rain around here. Right. And so I'm going around the church trying to find all the leaks. Cause that's what I get to do when it rains. And so it's amazing. I started counting and so I'm behind the stage here, uh, trying to reset a network switch and the thunder's coming down and I hear a noise. That's not thunder. I hear something. And so I turn and if you ever been behind the stage, there's like an open part of the wall and then there's a little alleyway that you can walk through and i turn and in the dark i see two little beady eyes of a squirrel looking like two feet away from my from my face and i screamed everybody i screamed and he barked and i screamed and he barked and i ran away i just ran and ran for my life it was an amazing thing i told nick there's a squirrel back there go get that squirrel go get that I just, and I got back to pepper for my sermon i thought that's about right that's about how it should like some pastors preach about like prosperity and there's a yacht floating out in the lake i preach about fear and i got squirrels coming out of the wall that's just what it seems to just seems how it seems to go i don't know that's just <laughs> you, you ever had somebody jump out might not be a squirrel you ever had somebody scare you out of your mind because when you get scared everybody freezes for like half a second when you get frightened out of everybody and then you have like one of three responses some people like faint or run away like they are flight right some people just where my flight people at you just like i'm scared to run away some people will punch you right in the face because they are fight. Like that is their, like they wear the fight. And some people just pee all over themselves because that's about right. Come on. They just, <laughs> where are those people at? Where are you? Just <laughs> and what the devil would love to happen in a storm, what he'd love to happen when you are afraid is for you to get paralyzed and to forfeit your future because you are afraid in the moment. 
What he would love to have happen is to paralyze you with fear. Because look what Jesus said. We go back to the very beginning of our story. Watch this. As evening came, watch what Jesus said to his disciples. Let's cross to the other side of the lake. Now listen, he didn't say, let's go out on the lake and let's see what happens. He didn't say, let's just roll the dice. Let's all go die in the middle of the water tonight. Let's just go see what we can see. Let's just go out on the... We'll just, something might go wrong. Let's just go see. Jesus said, hey guys, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And I think sometimes in the midst of our trial, we forget the promise of God. Because we're all about him for when the, when the sun is shining and the, the world is bright and the birds are singing. We are all about the promises of God. We love to stand on God's word. But when we are in a trial, somehow that's like the first thing we throw out of the boat. And we are thinking we are going down. Listen, church, don't doubt in the storm what Jesus told you on the shore. Don't doubt when you are in the middle of the trial what Jesus told you on the shore. And just because there's a storm going on, it doesn't mean God's promises are in jeopardy. Just because there is a trial, it doesn't mean now is the time for us to live in boldness. Now is the time to stand on the promises of God. Now is the time to believe that the hope and the power of the gospel still changes lives. Now is the time more than ever to believe that the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. God has called us to be a light to the world around us. To bring the life of the gospel to the environment around us. And so the fact that it is so bleak and the fact that it is so discouraging and the fact that our generation, we just, we're born in this moment. And the fact that it looks like is more than ever a fact that the power of the gospel is what is needed in this world. And so we don't shrink back from that. Now is the time to stand for the gospel. Don't get paralyzed by all of this and miss the opportunity. Don't get paralyzed by all of this because there are thousands and thousands of people who are hurting and need to come to faith in Christ. But here's the key. We have to remember God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love and a sound mind. And I want to walk through those because I think there's some actionable parts. Like we've, we've talked about what fear does and we've talked about what we shouldn't do. But now I think there's some things we should be about. Some things we should be walking in that are going to help us maybe starting this week. Number one, he says he's given us a spirit of power. Jot it down, a spirit of power. Watch this story in Second Chronicles. It says it this way, chapter 32. When this invading host comes against the people of God, he says, be strong and courageous. Hezekiah the king, he stands before the people and he says, do not be afraid or discouraged. Because of the king of Assyria, because of the vast army with him. And watch this, for there is a greater power with us than with him. He says, don't be afraid, don't let the spirit, don't let, because there is, and read it with me, there is a greater power with us than with him. Do you believe that? Do I need to remind you that there is a greater power with us? Like you actually believe that? Because listen to me, if you don't, if you don't believe that, let's just like shut this thing down, sell the buildings to another business and I'll go sell vacuum cleaners, right? Like let's just, if we don't actually believe it, but there is greater power with us than any power that's in the world. There's greater power inside of us than any power that's ever walked this earth. There's greater power with us than any darkness that tries to come against us. The Bible says greater power with us. And he says, then he says in the next verse, for with him is only the arm of the flesh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles. And I'm praying that today you would hear the word of the Lord and pick your head back up and understand there's greater power with you than with the darkness that comes against you. That may we pick our heads and get our shoulders back ready to live the life that God has called us to live in this environment. 
I'm not saying in like some vacuum somewhere. I'm not saying in some like some laboratory setting. I'm saying in this environment, in the mess and the muck that we are called to live in, we are called to bring the gospel and to be a light. That we should have the boldness to be Christians in the time God has called us to carry the cross. In this time that he's called us, don't be full of anxiety. Let's take authority over the spirit of fear. Don't be walking around shrinking back, full of anxiety all the time, nervous about all the. No, no, God has seen the end from the beginning. God has chosen us and that God has given us power, a spirit of power. Watch this in Acts 1.8. It says, when the power of the Holy Spirit comes on you, you receive power. That word power, there's the same word that's in our text. It's that word dynamis, this word power that God gives us to live out the life through his Holy Spirit. That God has given us to live out this life. When you invite the Holy Spirit to baptize your life, that then you begin to live in power, strength and power and ability to do what God has called you to do. God calls us and then he empowers us to do it. You understand that, everybody? Because too many times we get the call and we think, okay, now I got to figure this whole thing out. And no, 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 God empowers us to do what he has called us to do. See, what the devil wants to do, though, is sap you of your strength in today. That's where anxiety comes from. You know what anxiety is? Anxiety is not 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 being able to know the future. None of us ever know the future. Anxiety comes when we try to control the future. And then you never can. And so you try again and again to control it. And so you're not only not controlling the future. You are robbing today of your strength. You are losing any strength you ever had to live out the calling today. Because you're so anxious about tomorrow. But you want to know what the power of the church is. It's not that we don't get sick. Some of the greatest Christians and followers of Jesus in the New Testament got sick. It's not that we don't walk through trials and storms. Jesus promised us that we would walk through storms and trials. It's like a promise. You can stand on that, that there will be trouble. That there will be problems in this world. He promised that. You know what the power is? We are called to fulfill God's plan on the earth. And no sickness and no storm and no trial and no darkness. And no thing that tries to stand against us will ever stand against what God is doing on this earth. What God is doing. And we may not know the path, but we know who holds the future. And these disciples, they may not know how it's going to happen, but they could have taken confidence knowing Jesus said, we're going to cross this thing. And we have, we have a promise of God we're standing on. And so in our lives, people full of the Holy Spirit that will live with the strength that comes from him. That's who we're called to be. Because God said, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So that's why, number one, jot it down, we should stand in authority. It's given us a spirit of fire. We should stand in authority to say our job is to stand and say we are the church. We are the followers of Christ and he is coming back. Heaven and hell do still hang in the balance. And there are thousands and thousands of people who are hurting, who need the love and the power and the ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we stand in authority that no matter what, if we are still breathing, the gospel still goes forward. And if I stop breathing, somebody else picks up the torch and it keeps advancing. Because listen to me, nothing will stand against what God is doing. Nothing will stand against the power. You want the power of the body of Christ is that nothing can stop the gospel. Nothing can stop this thing that God is doing on the earth. Second thing it says is then we have a spirit of love. And I think for some Christians, we have skipped right over this part. We're like, we don't know spirit of love. We got power and we got authority. We don't need love. He says we have a spirit of love that he's given. I love this verse. First John says it perfect love drives out fear. You know that saying, first and foremost, that's saying that even the fear of condemnation for eternity is driven out by the perfect love of Christ. That because of what he did on the cross, we no longer fear death, hell, and the grave because we have been forgiven. That his blood has been placed on us, that we have received the grace of God. But then you know what the second part of that is? That we have received grace, then we extend it to others. 
That those who have been given so great a love and so great a mercy, shame on us, church, if we will not extend that to the people in our lives. That we have been forgiven, and so then now we forgive. You want some of the scariest verses in the New Testament? Go look up what Jesus says happens when you don't forgive. That we have been loved and we have been given grace, and so perfect love drives out fear. And you say, well, how does that work in my life? If I have been forgiven, then how do I forgive others? Watch this in Galatians. It says this way. It says, use your freedom. Use what you have been given to satisfy. Watch. Use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And that part of that verse, he's talking about being free. And he says, don't use it for your own selfish things. Don't use it for your own selfish nature. Don't use it for those own, those own things that you're trying to do. He said, don't do that, but instead serve one another in love. This is a picture of the early church. And honestly, I think we've gotten too far away from it. Love your neighbor as yourself, right? It's all summed up in the law. Love your neighbor as yourself, this idea. And so I'm just calling us as a church. If we're going to have the spirit of love, we're going to have to learn to serve with passion. If we're going to stand with authority, it goes hand in hand with that. And we think authority, power, dominion, all these kind of things. Hand in hand with that is we're going to serve others with passion. Let's stand in authority knowing no weapon formed against us will prosper. Knowing that we have the gospel, the truth, and the light of the world. Knowing that we carry that. Let's bring that to a world that is hurting. And let's begin to serve with passion. Let's declare that. But don't just like say it in your living room or your bedroom or when we come together as a church. Let's actually live it outside of these walls. Let's not just say, okay, yeah, we have the, the hope of the world and we have the gospel and we have all. Let's actually live this out outside of these walls. Let's begin to serve others with passion. Let's make a difference. When God puts it on your heart to reach out and to serve somebody, to give to a person or a family who's in need, to share the gospel and the love of Christ with somebody. Let's not shrink back. No, we've been given a spirit of love. Been given a spirit of love because now more than ever, we don't go to church. We are the church, everybody. Now more than ever, we are examples of the love of God. has chosen us as his ambassador, scripture says. He is making his plea through us. And some of us are a sorry excuse for a plea of God. Just speak honestly. I'm speaking for myself right now. I'm not trying to step on toes. I'll step on all ten of mine before I ever get to you. All right, everybody? Because some of us have boiled this thing down. We think we know what it looks like. Let us serve with passion. Let's serve others with love and passion. We're going to be the church. And that's a whole lot more than just the hour we get together on the weekends. Come on, somebody. Like, I obviously think these moments are important because there is a hurting generation and we need to reach them with the love of Christ. But more importantly than that is the example we are setting when we live our lives. It's the impact we are having on the people that are around us who would never darken the door of a church. But man, we are living out the gospel in front of them. That we are called as the church. Let's serve and love with passion. That we practice what we preach, that we are what we say we believe, that we are reaching out to those who are marginalized and on the fringes, that we are loving those who are unlovable. That's what we are called to do. You want to get out of fear. Fear makes you internally focused. You understand that, right? Like fear, when you have a spirit of fear, it makes you focus just on yourself. It makes you selfish. It says, I got my grace, so forget everybody else. Like, I got, I got forgiveness, and so I'm going to hold on till Jesus comes. Like, I just, I don't even have to see it. It gets you into, like, societal bubbles where you have no interaction with others. And you say just, well, they got to get whatever coming to them. I'm going to hold on to That's what fear does. Fear makes you start stockpiling like it's a spiritual hurricane. Come on, fear makes you stock spiritual toilet paper. Come on, somebody. Like, it's just, that's what fear does. Fear makes you internally focused. Fear makes you selfishly motivated. There's no spirit of love in that. There's a spirit of, I got mine, and let them just burn. 
No, no, spirit of love says we're going to stay the course. When I look at the early church, man, living in persecution, physical person, like people are looking to kill them, hunting them down door to door like they're trying to pray. And the next knock on the door is the executioner. And I look at them. What did they do? No, they continue to share the gospel, continue to speak boldly, continue to love one another, continue to gather together, continue to be the church. That's the example that we follow. They stayed the course. And the last one we're supposed to have is a sound mind. Spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind. Of course, we start to think crazy things in crazy times. But the Bible says, though we live in the world, we don't wage war like the world does. Though we live in a time, I just want to pause right there and say for a moment, don't be blind to the fact that we are in a war. It's not what today's message is about at all. I do acknowledge that we live in a world that's at war. And there are physical wars, but there are ideological wars, cultural wars. There are wars, theological. We are in a battle with the devil. And the souls of humanity hang in the balance. There are people waiting on the other side of our obedience to carry the gospel. There are people whose lives hang in the balance. And we are waging war, but not like the world does, it says. So we have weapons, the Bible says. But the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, the ones we have, to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And watch this. This is the power of Asama. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Fear pollutes your thoughts. Fear poisons your words. But the Bible says that with the strength that we have, we take captive every thought. And some of you have been living with anxiety and the spirit of fear calling the shots in your life for too long. Some of you have been living with a spirit of fear, having its grip and its claws in your mind and in your thoughts for too long. And the Bible says we don't wrestle as the world does. We don't wage war. In fact, the weapons we have are to demolish every stronghold. Every attack of the enemy that would set itself up against the knowledge of God. And then we take captive every thought. Every thought. Because what the devil wants to do is inject all kinds of crazy thoughts in your life. To set itself up against the knowledge of Christ. Wants to put every thought and it wants to come against everything against you to keep you from having a sound mind. And we just have to have the sound mind in Christ. A couple of ways that I know to do this. Jot it down as we close today. First one is we stay grounded in God's word. And then we stay grounded in relationships. You say, I want to have a sound mind. I want to have the mind of Christ. I want to have you come back to God's word and the principles of what it says. And then you come back to your relationships, your friendships in the body of Christ. You check yourself. You check yourself to see where you are, because whether you gather in small groups or whether you are meeting all throughout the week with other believers, whether you are just calling or texting one another, joining each other as the church in prayer, whatever it is, we say committed to relationships. Because listen to me, craziness and our unsound mind thrive in isolation. You want to get far away, you get isolated, you will lose your mind. It's why we're changing up Wednesdays, by the way. It's not so we can have another event on the calendar. Like, I understand all of us have enough events on the calendar. Like, we say amen to that. We understand. We got enough faith. No, no. It's so that in the middle of the week, we as the body of Christ, we come dragging in on a Wednesday night, carrying all of the mess that already happened in the first half of the week, and we just share a meal together. Encourage one another. Lift one another up. Carry each other through these things. We have another chance as believers to gather because you stay in relationships or you will lose your mind. And we say, why am I suffering all these anxiety and unsound? First one we do is you got to make sure that you stay in relationship, pick each other up. Because listen, the devil is really, really good at what he does. And he will try his best to bring these thoughts in your mind. You got to stay grounded and connected. And then let's actually be people who read God's word. 
We keep our relationships. We continue to meet as believers as we have been called to do. But then we also say, if we are people of the word, let's actually read what the word says. Let's be people who read God's word. You want the quickest way to dispel fear. You replace it with the word that God has spoken. You want the quickest way to rebel. You stand on the word of God that he has given us. Greatest treasure God ever gave us in this moment. That God has given us his word. That God has given us the promises of God. Fear has you thinking toxic thoughts. No, 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 no. You replace them with the word of God. You got the 24-7 news cycle coming in your mind that all is lost and everything's going to be broken. Has you paralyzed. No, 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 no. God has not given me a spirit of fear. You have words of toxic trying to, trying to creep in and say, no, no, everything is gonna, no, everything's not going to turn out right. No, everything's going to, no, no, no. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Devil tries to whisper fear about your kids or about your spouse. No, 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 no. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You can't sleep because you think, I, I just, I can't stop my mind from thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow. And I can't slow down about what happened today and I can't get ready. No, 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 no. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is set on him. So I'm just living in anxiety. And I don't know where to turn. And I just think, no, no, no. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord watches over me. I just, I don't understand how I'm going to be able to do this. I'm at, no, no, the Lord is my shield and buckler. The God is watches over me. The Lord is my rear guard. I believe in those things. I believe what God's word says. You want to have a sound, quickest way to spell fear, to have a sound mind is to replace those thoughts of anxiety and fear with the word of God. But you won't know what it is until you read it, everybody. That we replace those thoughts. That the devil tries to whisper doubts in our minds. you think anxiety is robbing me of any strength I have today. Anxiety is robbing me of any sleep I thought I'd get. Anxiety is, well, let's just be honest with each other. No, no, no. We replace it with God's word that he will keep in perfect peace. He will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. I want to end today reading out of Psalm 62. It's one of my favorite Psalms in the Bible. I just want to read it. And I just want us to remember this, that when we replace these thoughts of fear and anxiety, when we replace those with the word of God, it's God speaking over us. It's God speaking over us. Watch this. It says, truly, my soul finds rest. Some of you haven't had rest in years. I'd say weeks or months. It's been years. And honestly, it goes back to, we, we have thought, okay, I get whatever this says. And I'm just, I'm, I, I kind of understand it and whatever. I read it once, 20 years. I got, I got whatever it says. Now I'm going to go and kind of do it on my own. And you haven't had a sound mind or actual rest in years. And you're letting the spirit of fear sit. And it says, truly, my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. You want the quickest way, church? What do you do when fear starts to get its grip on you? You stand on the word of God. Bow your heads with me as we pray today. God, I just pray right now. I thank you for every person in this room, every person watching online. Lord, we know there are storms in this life. We know that we are called to walk through them. We know that there are trials. We know there is trouble. We know that you promised it, but we also know you promised to be with us. And so right now I pray, Holy Spirit, renew our strength. 
For every person here, God, I just pray every person walking through a trial right now. Every person going through a trouble, every person walking through a storm, God, I pray right now, give us a spirit of power to stand on the authority that you have given us that the gospel goes forward no matter what. Give us a spirit of love to serve those around us. To love others in the love that we have received. And then give us, God, a sound mind. To stand on the word of God. To replace the thoughts of fear with the thoughts of your word. To replace the thoughts of anxiety with the promises of God's word. We thank you for all that you are doing in our hearts. We thank you that perfect love drives out fear, God. We thank you that you have called us to reach this generation, to reach this time in history, to reach those that you have called us to in our opportunity, however long it is. However long you have given us, whether you come back or you call us home, we use the time you have given us to carry the cross of Christ. And we thank you for the opportunity. We don't shrink back. You never shrink back. But we say we are the church and we are called to spread the gospel. And so right now, Lord, we pray and we are claiming the promises of God. We are claiming its promises over our lives, over our families, over our nation, over our world. We are claiming the promises of God over the time that we live in. We are claiming that your gospel goes forward no matter what. Thank you for the opportunity to be a part of your kingdom and to be a difference in this world. Now, church, you just keep praying. Those of you who are followers of Christ, just continue to pray. Because I want to give one more invitation. And that is maybe you are in a storm of life right now. And you realize maybe a little bit early on in the message that you got the wrong crowd in the boat. And I don't know where you are in life. I don't know what it is you're going through. I, I don't know all of that. But I just ask you, maybe you are realizing right now. That you are out in the middle of the storm and you've got the wrong crowd in the boat with you. Or maybe you are realizing you are farther from God than you have ever been in your entire life. And maybe like the disciples right now, you are coming to a place where you're starting to cry out and think that maybe God doesn't care about me. Maybe you're in the middle of a storm and you're starting to think there's no way God could even love me. And I got myself in this mess and so there's no way... And maybe if I clean myself up in a few years, I could come back and beg his forgiveness. But right now I'm in a storm. Listen to me. God sees you. And more than that, listen to me. He still loves you. He still wants you. And I don't know what the storm is. I don't know what you got yourself into. I don't know what you broke or what you did. I don't know what thing happened that got you wherever you are. But I know this with all of my heart. I know this with everything inside of me that God sees you. God loves you and God wants you. And for some of you, you need to hear that right now. He still wants you. I don't care what anybody ever told you. I don't care what anybody ever spoke over your life. God still wants you. God still loves you more than you could possibly imagine. And he's not looking to get even with you. It's not what this is about. He wants to rescue you. You say, well, I'm in a storm or a trial or a trouble. Listen, that makes you a perfect candidate for the grace of God. That he wants to rescue you out of whatever mess you find yourself in. That God wants to rescue you. 
And so listen to me right now, right in this moment. Right now, I'm asking you, this is one more shot. I don't know how many opportunities God has given you up until this moment. I don't know how many times you may have heard the gospel. How many times somebody who loved you maybe shared the love of God with I don't know how many opportunities you had. I'm saying this is one. Can't be any more clear than that right now that God is giving you an opportunity to make it right. Giving you an opportunity to be forgiven, to wipe the slate clean, to be a new creation, to have your eternity settled once and for all. All of that right now is a moment to say, I follow Jesus. I know I messed up. I know I screwed this thing up. I know I say, I know all those things and I repent of that and I want to follow Jesus right now. You have a chance. And so we're going to pray. Our church is dedicated. This is the most important thing to us that we do as a church. Is that anybody who wants to pray this prayer, anybody who says, I want to dedicate my life to Christ. Anybody who says, I know I screwed it all up, but I want to follow him. And we pray that with you. Nobody prays alone. This is who we are as a church. This is how we love others, that we would share the gospel. Because every single one of us came to a moment where we realized, I cannot do this on my own. Every single one. Don't look around and think these are perfect people. Every single one of us screwed this thing up. Every single one of us needed the grace of God. And because we've seen what he can do, because he did it for us, we now share that love with others. And so right now you say, that's me. Right now you say, I want to make it right. Right now you say, I want to follow Jesus. Pray this with us. Say these words. Say, Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I repent. I believe you died on a cross. I believe you rose again. And I make you Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. And all God's church said amen and amen. Come on, church, can we celebrate what God has done today?